Welcome, everybody, to Inside the Restricted Area. I am Joe Chambers. And I am Anthony Brown. And we both are contributors for Busting Brackets, and we decided, let's do a podcast. So we made a podcast, and welcome. A little bit about myself, I'm Joe Chambers. I am currently a graduate student at Mount St. Mary's University in Emmitsburg, Maryland. I am a um, graduate student with this department called Learning Services, where I help students succeed with disabilities in terms of scheduling tests, helping them get better scheduling, anything they need to help them succeed, I'm there. And um, I also went to my undergrad at the Mount, and I did four years there, and I was I took my, I got me four years to get to my degree. And then I was also the basketball manager for four years. So I've some experience working in sports in the high level um, competition with terms of making to the final, making not the final four, man, I wish. Um, actually, I did go to the final four in, last year in 2019, but my team went to the 2017 NCAA tournament. We played a first four game against New Orleans, won on a, basically a last second bucket. And then we played Villanova. This was the year of Villanova, Anthony. After they mm-hmm. won the first one in between the championships, that's when okay. they lost to Wisconsin in the um, round. It's the third round. Remember that when they lost, mm-hmm. they, they threw the ball and Devin Chance like had like no sh- chance to pass it out. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's yeah. when we played them, and it was just a really cool thing in the conference championship. But yeah, that's me. So let, everyone, let's meet Anthony. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Anthony Brown. I'm a Clinton, Maryland native, and a 2018 University of Maryland grad. I've written for several sports blogs over a six-year period, including the Baltimore Wire, a part of Fan Sighting Network, where I covered Maryland basketball and football for that blog. And now I'm a contributor for Busting Brackets, along with Joe Chambers. Uh, my other writing credits include Testino Times and Hogs Haven under SB Nation, as well as Demoral Sports and Porter Medium. Um, I just recently did a six-month stint with a disability advocacy nonprofit called Respectability, where I was a communications um, fellow. That's awesome, man. That's really awesome. That's incredible. So you kind of understand what I go through a little bit in terms of like helping students? Um, a little bit. I was yeah. I was more on the social media side. I was more oh, cool. cu- curating content for the, um, the nonprofit's Facebook and Twitter pages. I um, moderated a... a uh, a webinar for their webinar, one of their webinar series. So that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. That's um, awesome, man. Yeah. All right. So that's us. And welcome. We both contributed for Busting Brackets. As we said, it is a fan-sided network, basically, that talks all about college basketball. Um, I recently took a little break from writing because I had to focus on myself. That's the most important thing. The best advice I ever got is you're the most important person in your life, and you got to worry about yourself first above all. So I had to deal with some anxiety stuff and depression. So I figured that stuff out. And now I'm getting back into writing slowly. I just get, you know, you've probably gotten lazy before and you realize like, uh, don't really feel like doing anything. You just yeah, feel like sitting yeah. around. So that's yeah, what I've been, I've been there. To, yeah. Just trying to get out of that. But yeah, Anthony, man, me, um, the reason I wanted to do a podcast with you, buddy, was because you were, I saw your profile picture in, in our group chat and it said Maryland shirt. And mm-hmm. I actually went to school. With Jalen Smith and Daryl Morsell. I was a manager for them my freshman year. Really? Wow. My senior in high school. They were Daryl was a senior in high school. Okay. Yeah. And Sticks was a freshman on the team, man. Mount St. Joe, if you ever go up to Baltimore basketball high school, that's a good basketball school. But man, I've seen them just grow and progress over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like where Jalen Smith is a double double machine. 
Absolutely. When when he came in with uh, Bruno Fernando, those yeah. two were amazing in the year they had together. Um, mm-hmm. But and then um, Daryl Marcel, he is a defensive stalwart. He is a glue guy. He is their glue guy. Exactly. I I, I agree with that because mm-hmm. on the defensive end, I I remember the game last season where he locked down. Um, Purdue, Purdue star guard. Uh, oh, Carson, Carson Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, now yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. He locked them down the rest of the game. I think Carson had, I believe, I want to say maybe 17, maybe 18 points in the first half. And then in the game with only maybe seven or eight. Talk wow. about, talk about a guy Locked who down. locks it, locks in on defense. And he's known for that. And yeah. his own teammate, Anthony Cowan, even said that he should get more credit. Yeah, and he absolutely, absolutely should. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, he is a great guy. Um, got to know his parents, um, Mr. Daryl and Mrs. Morsell. Mm-hmm. The s- sweet people, man. I'm telling you. Like, They're so sweet, so kind. They were always like welcoming me at the concession stand. Whenever I walked up to the concession stand, because I worked at JV games, they were like, "Here." They always like give me food, and I was like, "All right, mm-hmm. let's get this game going." And I mean, <laughs> Daryl is a guy who can play any position. He is yeah. the guy. If, if Turgeon needs someone to do some, they turn to him. And he is even like Coach Clatch, who was the head coach at Mount St. Joe. He was always relying on Daryl, man. He was the guy, mm-hmm. and he's not that yeah. big. He's like six six. Yeah, and that it's like he, it's like he looks lanky almost mm-hmm. with his six six frame but it's like when you lock in on defense the way he does you can basically be as versatile as you want to be because mm-hmm. like he's known for his defense but at the same time he can also score pretty well yeah he's a good scorer can shoot the ball from the outside very well good perimeter player everything absolutely yeah so just just in um one one thing i want to talk about in this podcast definitely is Dude, this year, if I if you gave me a bracket right now, and you had all these teams, I would be. I think this would be the hardest to figure out who would win the national championship. I mean, it is wide open. Yeah, I agree. So many teams have been knocked off from the number one spot. It's like um, there was. I, it's like that whole question of who wants to be number one because. Yeah. It's like within this no- whole entire non-conference schedule alone, we've mm-hmm. had, I believe, what, maybe five, six number ones, but they were all knocked off the yeah. week that they became number one. Yeah, it was Evansville beating Kentucky. Yeah. And then right before was it Thanksgiving, that's when Stephen F. Austin beat Duke. Yeah. And then, and then Louisville lost. Oh, my God. Who'd they beat? Who got, who'd they, who got, who beat them? I forgot who beat Louisville. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I'll be, I'll probably remember it as soon as I finish this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm blanking on that one too. So, for this has been the non-conference, the beginning of the season at least has mm-hmm. been the year of the upset. Absolutely. You know, and I was surprised at how you know Michigan was one of those teams. Michigan's really good. I'm really, it's like I'm really happy for Jawan Howard. Oh, you me know, too. He's a great – he seems like he's a guy that the, the players love. You yeah, just, exactly. Did you see it when they won the Battle for Atlantis and, like, how he was dancing, you know, doing all this, and, like, how everyone just seems so happy for him? 
Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's kind of like that whole allure as a player's coach that, and I was going to mention this earlier, once we got into the like conference, um, uh, the conference um, categories and everything, we started breaking that down. But he kind of reminds me of that player's coach, like Bruce Pearl, for example. Yeah. Where Bruce Pearl has, in his first three seasons, he mm-hmm. like he was with Auburn. You know, they didn't. They were gradually progressing. Yeah. But now they've had three winning seasons back to back, and you know, it's like the the moment that solidified, you know, Auburn's you know strength as a program for me isn't really in their style of play. It's more so the relationship that Pearl has with the players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's um, I actually got to know one of the managers on Bruce Pearl's team the year, not last year, but the year mm-hmm. before. Nice kid and um, like really nice guy. He's a, I actually got to meet him over the what was it um over December during finals week because I was um going on a, I'm going on a basketball road trip. And I okay. At, he's now at Rutgers as one of their graphic designers, and he's a fantastic dude. He's outstandingly talented, man. Like I mean, wow. like top notch guy knows what he's doing and. He um that was the year they played um Clemson I think it's when Clemson beat them in the round of the third round. Mm-hmm. That was like when they were really good with like Jared Harper the year like not last year but like a twenty um twenty seventeen twenty eighteen year and they were really talented and I mean dude like he like Bruce Pearl was I've heard he's just a good guy and just a good yeah. coach. Yeah, absolutely. And so I get that same feeling with Jawan Howard, whereas. The players want to play for him. So mm-hmm. when you have when you have a coach that to where it's like, yeah, they're in the pecking order of the program. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're the coach. You have to listen to them. But yeah. you can also, you know, just enjoy yourself around them. You can mm-hmm. so taking direction is easier. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what I feel like with those two programs. Yeah. And that's absolutely. why that's why I feel like they'll go far, both of them. Yeah, absolutely. I think one second. <clears throat> I think that when Michigan won in the battle for Atlantis, did you see how high they jumped? Like they went to top four. I've never seen a jump like that in the national rankings. And yeah, I've been me neither. Twenty two. I'm twenty two years old, and ever since I started following college basketball, when I was a kid running downstairs. Like March Madness is my favorite time of the year. Yeah. Like favorite sporting event is March Madness. You can't. The first two days of the round, the, the, when there's 16 games, mm-hmm. oh, no, 32 games is beautiful. Yeah, it's it amazing. It's beautiful. It's like all day. And then, like, the best part about my job is in case, like, we're not busy, like, there's, like, if you can do schoolwork, so they're not time, I just be watching basketball. So it's like, hey, it's a win win. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it is insane. Like, you see guys making shots that you think would never go in. I mean, because it's just crazy. Like, March Madness, when they say madness, dude, like, I'm telling you. When when we made the tournament in 2017, like madness, when they say it's madness, man, I'm telling you, like they mean it. It's crazy, because mm-hmm. you know, selection Sunday, you don't know where you're going until two days before you. Like when we, since we were 16 playing game, we we were playing mm-hmm. until right before, and then like you're going all over the place. It's crazy, man. But yeah, it's been awesome, man. But so now you're a big Maryland fan. Yes, I am. We're both from Maryland. I'm from Woodstock. You're from Clinton, you said? Yes. It's in PG County. Uh, Prince George's County. I'm in Howard County. I'm like 20 minutes northwest of Baltimore. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm a struggling Orioles fan. Let's just say that. Oh. <laughs> and um, my thing. Yeah, I know it's rough. But um, with the Terps, man. I mean, like, you know, every year, like, it's it's like it's one of those things where. Like I cheer for them one because they're the hometown team, yeah, and two because exactly. I know guys on there, and I want to I want to see them do so well. But like mm. this year, I think it's their best chance out of all the chances. I re- like Cowan's last year; they got Morcel, they got Sticks, or now yeah. they call him Logs because he's bigger yeah. now. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like I mean, I think this is their year. But the thing is, it's they got to show it in the tournament. That is when it matters the most. Exactly, like, they got to show it. They got to show it, man. I'm like. I'm so sick and tired of seeing that like get bounced in the first round. Like when they were in the 2017 NCAA tournament, I who were they playing? Xavier, the 11th seed when they were the sixth seed, I believe yeah. it was. I it's like I was saying to myself, oh, they're not going to win that game. There's no way. Like I told myself, I'm like, there's no way they're winning that game, and they lost. I was right. Because mm. I just, but I, I think this is. I really do think this is like this is like their year. Like they got they're great recruiting. You know, Turgeon does a fantastic job, but. I want to see them hoist national change. I really do. Because I think it'll be great for the state. Absolutely great for the state. Yeah, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think Turgeon is, has a reputation as a great recruiter. Mm-hmm. But when it matters most, it's like there, there comes a point. Granted, last year, I and like I was hurt when they lost to LSU. Dude, I never forget that. Tremont Waters drives right past six, dude. I felt so bad for six. Yeah. But that was I a was mismatch, like, too. Like, you yeah. put the guard on a forward. A forward on a guard. Yeah. And it's you like, drove right past him because it's just it's just an acceleration. Get into the rim. Yeah. And it's like, and I feel <laughs> like, it's like, I I wouldn't fault. It's like, I wouldn't fault sticks for that. No, not at all. It's like, I remember he said, it's like, I remember, I think he said that, it's like he felt responsible for what happened. Yeah. And I kind of felt it's like I kind of felt like it kind of wasn't his fault, but like at the same time, it is like you could have fouled or yeah. it's like at the same time, I wish looking back on it, I wonder if there could have been a situation where a switch could have been made. Yeah. In hindsight, whereas like, they could have had a guard on a guard. And then, mm-hmm. or they could have had, like we were saying earlier, and Morcel. Morcel should have been, if he wasn't in the game, I can't remember if he was in the game or not. He might have been. Mm-hmm. But Morcel should have been on Trey Waters. Yeah. And then you got, um, I mean, you had Skylar Mace too, but like that game, but also I had to remember the game before, Sticks, that was a huge dunk on um, yeah. Dylan. What was that guy's last name? I forgot the guy from Belmont. Uh, Dylan Windler, I think. I, I yeah. was going to say Swindler, but I knew I'd be off. But, yeah, I mean, that was a very good Ohio Valley team playing Maryland. Like, mm. I, that was, I think, one of the toughest round of 64 games to, that were being played. I think that was one of the toughest ones. Yeah, absolutely. It's like um, Belmont was a high-scoring team. They it's like, It was a high-scoring team, honestly. And they came into that game, I feel like, as a really good three-point shooting team, they mm-hmm. could shoot. They were a team at that point that could shoot the lights out from back there. Yeah. And you know they had, they didn't have like I wouldn't say elite level um, forward play, big man play, but 
it's like with Dylan Windler and um, I can't remember the name of the other one of their other you know better yeah, players on the team. Too. Yeah, one of their other better players on the team. But it's like they came in and gave Maryland a run for their money. And yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely. that ult- I think that ultimately was the problem with Maryland's run last mm-hmm. last year is they came up on teams that were. Hello? Hello? Um, yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. No, you're um, good. It's just, it's, it happens. It happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, that were either not evenly matched or if they were evenly matched with Maryland, they took it to them. And mm-hmm. that I feel like this season is the problem as well. Because you look at their lo- one of their losses that they had or their near wins in Illinois – it's like they very well could yeah. have easily lost that game. And yeah, yeah. And Turgeon even said it. We won that game because we had Anthony Cowan. And that is it. And like, and that's really it. Like, so when he yeah. graduates, well, he's graduated already. He's like, um, I I want to say still playing as a graduate. But mm-hmm. when he moves on, it's like who's going to be that next guard that's gonna take the torch? Yeah, because Sterl will be a rising senior. Sticks, he could be a lottery pick. Yeah, yeah, you don't know I if think he's so. Gonna stay. Yeah. yeah. So, so who's going to step up? Wiggins. Wiggins has been amazing. He's yeah. been he's been doing like a really good job as of late, and I'm interested. I'll be interested to see how well he could play. You know, when conference play really gets going and we get in the thick of things. I'll be interested looking at, okay, so the three best players on the team are Anthony Cowan, Jalen Smith, and um, I would venture to say Daryl Marcel because of his versatility, Mm -hmm. but Aaron Wiggins could serve as an X factor, I feel like. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean... I just hope they win. I just want them to win so bad. I'm just yeah. I do I'm too. Just, I'm sick and tired of hearing the stereotype. Oh, it's Maryland basketball. It's like it happened. Um, so let's shift topics a little bit. So let's talk about teams that you think are not meeting their expectations. If you had to pick one team right now and Division One, it could be like think of the Power Five conferences. Mm-hmm. What team would you think? I'll start off with mine. Mine, do North Carolina. Right now, now these are the standings as of the 2nd of January, about 12 30 when I printed them out. Mm. Um, Tar Heels are 1 and 1 in conference. They're 8 and 5 on the season, 1 and 2 on the road, 4 and 2 at home. Obviously, they don't have Cole Anthony, which is, a, which is pro, a pro, one of the problems, but mm. it's not a typical Roy Williams team. It's not. And you look at North Carolina. I, I happen to agree with you. I feel like North Carolina, with the talent that they have on the ro- on the roster, yes, injuries are a factor. Like you, it's like if a team suffers uh, an injury to one or more of their star players, it's a problem. We yeah. all know this, but it's like I'm just I'm hard pressed to believe North Carolina would be able to withstand, you know, a grueling conference schedule. 
with teams like Duke, Louisville, Virginia, and Florida State at the top, and all of them are healthy pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're playing guys healthy, like they're healthy and you're down, like it's next man up. And they, yeah. I don't think Carolina knows who the next man up is yet. Yeah. I think they're still figuring that out. And that's a process, man. That can take time. You never know. Yeah, that... It's all about matchups. Like, you know, you can have a, a team that's a running gun team that like mm. just runs. That's, that's super athletic. Or you have the team that's like Virginia that slows teams down. Like they held, um, oh my goodness, give me one second. They held um, some team. Oh my gosh. I'm drawing a blank. Who was it? Hold up. Hold up. I got it on here. They held um, Maine to 26 points. Mm. Like you're telling me like that's just fantastic defense right there. That is outstanding defense. Like 26 points in a 40 minute game. Oh my god. You know what I'm saying, man? Yeah, but it's like you got to understand though. It's like it is Maine. Oh so. no, I, I agree with you cuz like they're not one of the best teams in the American East too. They're not like yeah, but still 26 points on any Division 1 team still impressive to me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you wonder, it's like you wonder if now because of Cole Anthony's injury, and I think uh, who else? Who else? Who else do I have? Cole Anthony, I think Sterling Manley's out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those injuries are going to be, it's like detrimental to their um, ability to withstand conference play, I feel like. And who knows? It's like with if they can withstand conference play, maybe in the ACC tournament, get maybe a second. It's like get a semifinal exit. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be. I don't what's the word I'm looking for? It's like that would be a consolation prize, I want to say. Okay, yep, yep. Yeah, but can but can they make the tournament though? Is the question the NCAA tournament though? Is the question? I think As, they have to do a really good job in the ACC. I think they have to like be one of the top five teams. Top five, yeah. top five. They have to be top five. I mean, yeah. Like right now, the top five teams as of today are Duke, Louisville, Virginia, Florida State, and Boston College. Boston College and Florida State both are two and one in conference. Virginia, Louisville, and Duke are about two and zero in conference. So, I mean, Tar Heels are one and one. It could easily change when they yeah. got a whole, you know, right when New Year's hit, they got that's like a whole season for a lot of teams, whole new season. Yeah, exactly. Conference plays a whole new season, so we'll see. I just think <clears throat> they got to perform really good because there's, I mean, you got there's a lot of good teams in the ACC that they got to compete with. Yeah, absolutely. But outside of North Carolina, I feel like there's no other team that's really disappointing me. I feel like there are, but I feel like there are a bunch of teams that have like outperformed my expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what conference right now I'm looking at right now that has a very good winning records are the Big 12 and the Big East. I mean, the Big East, every team finished above 500 in non-conference, same with the Big 12. Mm-hmm. But also, here's another thing. Just looking at big, I'm thinking Georgetown, Patrick Ewing, like, you know, he lost two of his main guys, you know, early on because of, yep. was it a team violation, I believe it, they, what they said? 
Uh, yes, I believe it was teen violations. I can't remember what the violations were for, but I okay. just know. Yeah. And, the, and then I also, I think with Georgetown, uh, on that point, uh, Matt McGlung. Yeah. Did, did he... Did he get hurt? Wasn't um, there some ruffling about him being hurt, or is he healthy still? Um, I think he's hurt. Hold up. Um, let me look. I think McClung, I don't I don't know. I I had to look. Um yeah. I can report that later on like figuring out, but yeah, I mean you got like he's gotta step up. Um they lost Govan. I mean you know what though, McGlung is one of the best free throw shooters. Though I remember, I remember when I was looking up on ESPN, I like I was looking at like I print out the the best scoring list for um mm. who are the top scores in the country right now. It's the top forty I have, and McGlung was one of the ones I saw a glimpse of with like a free throw potential like in the up like mid nineties, mm. which is impre- impressive already. But I mean, I, I do I don't really follow too much Big East basketball. I probably should a little more, but yeah. But I mean, they it just it's just Ewing, dude. I think if they just feed the post, they're fine. They're yeah. big guys. They just got to feed the post. And um, this was a question. Was, this was a question with Georgetown, honestly. In your opinion, do you think it's like as far as recruiting goes with Georgetown and whatnot, yes, Ewing was one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah. It's like he was best, one of the best players in the NBA as a big man. Mm-hmm. However... It's like Georgetown is a team that has good guards. So do you feel like there there's a focus that should be laid in recruiting for Georgetown on guards or still keeping with Ewing, his position, big man? Because big, you need size, you need rebounding, you need everything else. Yeah. Um that's a dude, that's a fantastic question. I think just off the bat, it's a really good question. Um my thing is, you look at the game. The game's shifting to three-point shots. Yeah, they, that is true. It's shifting, and there are bigs that can shoot, but I do think that you need to have guards. There's, you can't have a bit. I mean, there's no Magic Johnsons out there, six-nine running point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, absolutely. You got to have guards, and some guys do. Some coaches I know do a lot more guards than forwards. They do three guards and two bigs. Mm-hmm. But I mean. If they do a two guard set, you know, at the one and two, they gotta have if they're they're other bigs, they gotta be able to shoot the ball. You can't tell me they're just gonna feed the post all the time because if you feed the post more and you shoot the ball, it's gonna it could catch it, that can catch up to you in the long run because you know because some teams just shoot like for example like I know coaches out there that just that literally their game plan is shooting threes, they yeah. shoot twenty to thirty five threes a game, mm-hmm. and they'll get re and they got a rebound but like. You know, I think it's huge, but if you're focusing on bigs, you're hope you're focusing on very good defense that's gonna get rebounds. And defense, you know, but if your guys are just all like all around they're not like all around players, they're just maybe like good defensive guys like Daryl Morcelli you're talking about earlier, like glue guys, if they can't shoot the ball or attack, you're looking at below fifty to sixty points a game. Mm-hmm. Like you're not looking at a lot of scoring. So I think they need that I understand like Ewing, you know, being a forward, being a center want to get guys, you know, around his size, but they got to go guard. You can't tell me that the, what the game is now that they're going to win without guard play. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. You know, you gotta, nowadays you can't be a prisoner of tradition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to, I guess, the old, as the old saying goes, you have to be one with the times. You have to go with the times. You have to transition with what, how the game is being played now. And you're right. It's like three-point shooting is all the rage now. It's, you know, the way the game is being played. So you got to have guards, you know, that can pass, that can shoot, you know, that can also defend. You know, mm-hmm. that's another thing with guards that is very valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you gotta. I mean, guards gotta be able to shoot the ball. I think that's what a lot of them get. That's what a lot of them get recruited to do is obviously shoot sometimes. But I mean, I don't know, man. Georgetown's one of those teams. It's like, is, do you think Ewing's the answer they need? I would like to believe he is. I think so too. I just think a lot of people because you know you lose those two guys to team violations, and you know right now. There, but you know, Big East play, they can prove us all wrong. I, I yeah. hope you prove it wrong, personally. Exactly. It's like, and you know, when stuff like that happens, like violations and all that, it's like the general public, the fans, and everybody looks at the coach, but it's like, you got the players got to be conscious of what. They got to be conscious of themselves, their actions, and the team. Mm-hmm. So you can't. Although the the onus goes on the coach because yeah. he is because Ewing is the coach, it's kind of like well, the players got to be accountable as well. Yeah, you got you can't just everyone. I feel like people blame the coach way too much, and they don't like understand the whole story sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's like the first assumption. They just go, oh, it's got to be the coach. Yeah, no. And it the player, <laughs> the players have to play. And that includes playing on the court or field or whatever, but mm-hmm. also having the presence of mind to know that you have to be conscious of your actions and the, the consequences of those actions. Yes. So, yes. you know, those two players, you know, they're moving on. They, it's like, I, I didn't hear any reports of them transferring anywhere. I think they're still in the transfer portal, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. But, you know, it's like next man up, like you said. Georgetown yeah. is just going to have to move on in conference play and, you know, see who else emerges. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's get back to a different topic that we discussed. Um, Let's look at – I want to talk about my personal opinion of who are the conference winners coming into the season. My start a conference – Way too early prediction. So first off, you have the America East Conference, which includes Vermont, Stony Brook, New Hampshire, Binghamton, Albany, Hartford, UMBC, UMass Lowell, and Maine. Now, when you were talking about Maine earlier, right now they're three and ten. Mm. So you were like you made a good point though. But still twenty like I said, I think it was they said twenty six points or twenty eight was like whatever I said earlier. It's yeah. so impressive, but yeah. Um my team for the America East is the Vermont is Vermont. You got Anthony Lamb, who's leading the team in their rebounding and points with points with 17.5, rebounds with 8.1. Then you have Steph Smith, who was 13.9 points, 2.8 rebounds, 2.7 assists. And, um, you know, Lamb shooting at a clip of 38.1% from the field. Steph Smith's at 41.3. And next below them, they have Ryan Davis, who's shooting the ball at 50.6% and with 8.2 points per game. And, 
if you look over at their schedule, so far they have beaten St. Bonaventure. And the only – now get remember, they lost to Virginia on November 19th, 61-55. Mm. Anthony Lamb had 30 points against one of the best defensive teams in the country. So I'm, I would say I remember the name Anthony Lamb is one of the best mid-majors so far. That's impressive to me. And then I saw them – I saw them playing George Washington the weekend. I mean, he is their go-to guy. Lamb is their, definitely their go-to guy to watch out for. So if you ever watch any of America East basketball, man, look out for Vermont. Yeah, and um, on the Vermont point, um, I want to go back just a little bit yeah, because for- Vermont – did they qualify for the NCAA tournament last year, but didn't make a, you know, big fuss? Uh, you know what? Why do I feel like it was Stony Brook that made it last year? I'm not sure if it, I was like, I'm not sure if it was Vermont. I, when you brought up Vermont, I was like, hmm, let me see. I, I, I know it was either Vermont or Stony Brook. Vermont or Stony Brook. Okay. Okay. Well, never mind. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but just saying, like Vermont, you know, they got like I think they got a leader in Anthony Lamb. He's a forward, um, averaging thirty-one point four minutes per game. Two, um, just one of their good. Just um, he's getting only he's passed the ball. He's turned over the ball thirty-six times through fourteen games. So mm-hmm. about two, a little bit over two, two point six um, turnovers per game. But still, no, I know it's small, but. I mean, he is their go-to guy. So if any teams in the American East want a shot, they got to make sure they know where Anthony Lamb is at all times whenever he's on the court. Um, do you have anyone in the American East or do you want me to keep going on? Um, you can keep going. Okay. So the American Athletic Conference, um, you know, you got Memphis, who just lost James Wiseman, but, and he also got Wichita State. But you know what? You know what team surprised me was the SMU Mustangs. They're sitting at right now, one on conference, 10-2 and two overall. And their best scores right now are Isaiah Mike with 16.8 points per game. He's also averaging 7.6 rebounds per game, shooting the ball 53.8%. Now he's a forward too. Mm. They also have a guy, Farron Hunt. He's averaging 7.7 rebounds per game. Um, where is he? Where is he? 13.5 points per game, 7.7 rebounds, like I said. And shooting the ball 58.3%. And their schedule, they've beaten Evansville. Um, actually, they lost to Georgetown and Georgia. Georgetown ninety-one seventy-four, and they lost to Georgia. They lost to Georgetown ninety-one seventy-four. They lost to Georgia eighty-seven eighty-five in two overtimes. And I know that, that if you look at their schedule right now, it hasn't been the best teams, but still ten and two is pretty impressive. Like they've, if you look at their schedule, they've beaten teams. The smallest margin of win was two. And their biggest one was ninety to fifty-eight, and like the margin of victory is actually like around, looks like it's around. If I did my math right, it's like eight, a little bit of points. So they're they're putting a good team together. I mean, SMU is a good conference. I mean, a good team. The American Athletic Conference. So that's my sleeper. But overall, I think Memphis is Memphis or Wichita State is going to take the title. And um, for the American Athletic Conference. Um, my sleeper, honestly, I would have to say is Temple. Yep. Nine I really, it's like, I really feel like Temple, um, I, 
I remember playing I mean, playing. I remember watching them play against Houston and they yeah. came back to beat Houston, but Houston's it was it's like Houston's another good team in the American Athletic Conference. But yeah. I really like, you know, their guard play. Mm-hmm. I really like their um their coach who I can't remember his name, but I know that he, you know, was an assistant for um Temple before he became the head coach. He played in the NBA for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Temple's, you know, style of play. Um, and I think that if Temple is one of those teams where if they, I feel like if they don't win the American Athletic Conference, then people should be aware, be aware of them um, yeah. or beware of them in the NCAA tournament. Temple's so, just that good. Yeah. You're thinking about Aaron McKee. Aaron McKee, that's the name. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, I, I think the American Athletic Conference is a very good conference because <laughs> I personally really like Penny Hardaway. I'm a big fan of Hardaway. And you got a lot of solid teams. Like, I was also thinking Tulane, even though it's only Ron Hunter's first year, but you never know. I mean, like, their conference right now, dude, like, there's only one team that's below 500 and that's East Carolina mm-hmm. and their non-conference. And the next one is at 500 and that's South Florida, the Bulls. So you just never know, man. I mean, that's the thing. I also love college basketball. It, you, you never know. Upsets it's, happen all the time. That's why I love it so much. Yeah, absolutely. Upsets happen all the time. And to your point with Tulane and Ron Hunter, um, with what he did at Georgia State, it's like I feel like with Tulane, you got to give him some time. It's like, just like Bruce Pearl had time to, you know, build Auburn into mm-hmm. what it is. I feel like, you know, with the right recruits, you know, the right support around Ron Hunter, he can do the same with Tulane. You just got to give him time. Yeah. He's in his what, first season? Yeah, you you so, got to give someone more than at least one season. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So just give him, just give Ron Hunter some time to build Tulane, you know, and get the right recruits in there. And they, if they're not at the top of the conference by the time, like, what, two, three years down the line, mm-hmm. then they may be on the cusp. Yeah. And I think that would be, and I think that would be good for the program, especially mm-hmm. if, you know, they're able to do well in the conference tournament maybe get a couple of um, NCAA tournament bids. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree and do some 100%. exciting things. Yeah, they're um, – I've always liked Ron Hunter ever since I saw him play with – R. Uh, ever since RJ won that shot against – oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Who did they beat when they were the 14th seed? Uh, I'm not – I can't think. Yeah. I think that was the 2015 NCAA tournament, too. I think that was right before – I think that was the last year that the NCAA, like, you know how the NCAA now has center court says March Madness? Yeah, exactly. I think that was the last year it said NCAA, and it was, like, just all blue. It was kind of like, yeah. Yeah. But I'm drawing a blank, man. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, that was – I think that was the the year also where Ron Hunter had hurt his, like – Yes, yes, that was the same year. And he was on the scooter and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the same year. Yeah. Um, Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. And just to go on, just to go on that note about uh, NCAA tournament upsets, it's like you look at Georgia State with um, whomever they beat, 
you look at Loyola Chicago, um, la- either last year or the year before, it's like the NCAA tournament can breed any like Cinderella story you want it to, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the Cinderellas that we've had in the past years. You had Florida Gulf Coast make it to the Sweet 16. I mean, it's and they, and, they, and they were a 16 seed, correct? No, 15, 15. They were 15, okay. They beat okay. Georgetown in the round of um, 64. And then UMBC put in a fight in this third game after they beat Virginia. They, they put up a fight against Kansas State. Yeah. I mean, that's why I love basketball, man. You just never know. It's great. Uh, so the next conference I want to talk about is the Atlantic 10. You have, I think, VCU, just straight off the bat, I think VCU is – and team of the conference. I mean, Dayton's got a good team, but I think it's going to be between VCU and Dayton when it comes to the conference championship game. I, um, if you look at, they had a, I went to the VCU game and they played LSU when we were able to turn for the first time. And Marcus Santos Silva, man, he is a machine. He has, he averages 8.5 rebounds per game, dude. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's an absolute machine. Um, they lost, at home to Tennessee, 72-69. That's still three points. And um, they he put and they lost to Wichita State, too, by 10. But still, they're still putting up, you know, big numbers against these teams. And, like, that is a very good mid-major environment. If you ever go to Virginia Commonwealth University, dude, you catch a game there. It is a great environment. Yeah, I like I like VCU to do thing, big things in the Atlantic 10. Um, I think they'll be a strong out. Uh, Wichita State, I feel like um, – I, I can't remember if you said they were in the Atlantic. Oh, no, 10. that's what they played. They're in the American. That's They're in the American. That's what they played. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. Um, but I think VCU is going to be a strong out in the Atlantic 10. Um, I, you know, also think that, you know, whoever comes out of the Atlantic 10 has to have some – has to have some form of – I don't want to say – I want to say they need to have, you know, an identity, a true yeah. identity that makes them like unique and that can get them far, whether it's, you know, three point shooting, like, you know, defense, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like that has to happen in order for, you know, the Atlantic 10 to, I guess, ascend into the, um, what do you want to say? I guess the ascendance and national attention um, within the next few years in the NCAA tournament, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Atlantic 10 over the past couple years hasn't been at its peak. Um, you know, just not, there's been a lot of teams in the A10 that haven't been as strong. But I think if you give them a chance, they're, in a few years, they'll be very good competitors. I think there'll be a lot more teams looking to, to be watching out for in the Atlantic 10. Um, next one is the ACC Atlantic Coast Conference. My team's Virginia, um, just because their defense. And, you know, you look at Diakite, who had that shot against Purdue, sent it into in overtime, and then they eventually beat Purdue. Um, right now he's averaging 13.8 points per game, the only player on the team in double digits, 6.5 rebounds per game, shooting the ball at 46.5%. So far they have beaten – they beat North Carolina, who was seventh at the time before, like they lost – a lot of people, and they beat them 56-47. Um, they haven't really been playing a lot of tough teams so far, mm-hmm. but 
the fifteenth they play at Florida State. Then they host Florida State the twenty eighth. Then they host Duke on twenty ninth. They don't play at Duke this year. They host Duke. That's it. Then they host Louisville the seventh of March, and then backtrack a few days. Um, February eighth, Saturday, they play at Louisville. And for me, I feel like Duke, Louisville, Virginia are right where they're supposed to be in the ACC standings. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida State, for me, has always been the team that could beat anyone on any given day. It's like those yeah. four teams, I think, will own the ACC this year. You know, unfortunately for North Carolina, like we discussed earlier, I think the season may be a wash. Um, but, you know, like we said, next man up, you know, people have – it's like the players that, you know, that replace those guys have to ascend to get better, you know, so we'll see what happens with North Carolina. Yeah. Um but I feel like Florida State is going to be a team to watch in the ACC. You know, as the 18th ranked team in the country, their team is well coached by Leonard Hamilton. Um, He's Trent a very, Forrest, good, very good coach. Very good coach. I like him a yes. lot. Yeah, excellent coach. Trent Forrest and MJ Walker are guys who play consistent, high quality minutes for the Seminoles. It's like they and they're going to be playing um, Louisville um, Saturday afternoon on ESPN two. So. I feel like that's going to be a game that should be as like should be highly watched because of, because it's ACC play, you yeah. know, just to start out. But I, in terms of who I think could win that game, it's a toss it's up. A to- yeah, it's a toss up because both of those teams are really good. I'm inclined to believe that Louisville would win it, mm-hmm. but you know, you just don't know. Yeah. I think that that was a very um, that was a very good analyst of Florida State. You know, I didn't really think too much about them, but I mean, they're twelve and two right now. They haven't lost at home, but they're one and two on the road. But mm. that's still, you know, one and two. I mean, when you're a, a team like that, like a, in a Power Five conference, you're not really looking to be playing a lot on on the, on the away realm in non-conference. Yeah. You're looking, you're basically hosting a lot of the non like the lower major, mid-major teams. Yeah, exactly. So you're not really playing a lot of true road games. So we'll see. But, I mean, Florida State, man, I do agree that they're a team to watch out for this year. Absolutely agree with you. Um, next, we got the Atlantic Sun. And I'm, I'm not lying to you, man. The best team right on the Atlantic Sun is Liberty. They're 14-1. and one. <clears throat> The next two teams below them, Dolphins, North Florida Ospreys, they're both 7-8. and eight. You look at Liberty, they have so far, they have played Radford, which is one of the good best teams, I think, coming up in the Big South. They've played Grand Canyon. They've played Vanderbilt. They beat Vanderbilt, Jerry Stackhouse. Their only loss was to LSU, which was on December 29th. They lost 74-57. But, you know, that conference, dude, I don't know. Like, I mean, right now, it shows that Liberty's been doing really talented, but that's the conference, the Atlantic Sun, that I don't know who can win. But I know it's always that's always one of the first conferences to crown a champion, too. Mm. And they have um, Caleb Holmesley. You know, he's only played 11 games so far. And um, he's averaging 28.3 minutes per game, 11.2 points, 4% rebounds, shooting 41%%. Then you got Scotty James, who's averaging 10.4 points, 7.4 rebounds per game, and 56.3% from the field. So... You just never know, man. That's uh, this is one of those conferences I just don't know. Like I really, like if you're asking me right now, I just went Liberty just because of the record, literally. 
you're telling me a team's fourteen to one that's not a favorite start of conference play. That's my opinion. Yeah, it's like I, I agree with you. I think if Liberty continues its the way continues to play the way it does, it doesn't fall into a pocket that teams fall into where you either get on a losing streak or you're up and down. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen that way, then they'll win their conference. They can win the conference right out because at yeah. 14 and one, it's like they're in a good position to, you know, maybe if need be rest players, if it's possible mm-hmm. or, you know, take inventory with what they have and I guess try some new things schematically. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the next conference I want to talk about is the Big 12. And my team that I think will be the champion is the Baylor Bears. And I say that because... Oh, man, I have coughed like it's nothing. Goodness gracious. November 24th, they played Villanova, who was ranked 17th at the time. They won 87-78. With Jared Butler scoring 22 points. The 7th of December, they played 12th-ranked Arizona. Won 63-58. Three days later, they played the Butler Bears, 18th ranked at the time, and they won 53-52, a nail-biter. Their only loss was at home against Washington. That was 3.67-64 with Butler scoring 18 points. I'm just saying, man, don't be surprised. I mean, I know, like when I when you when I went to I went to the West Virginia's first game against Akron, and it was a ninety four eighty four showing. Mm-hmm. West Virginia won, and they're right now sixth in the country. I didn't think they were a ranked team. I didn't think they were NCAA tournament team, let alone a ranked team. I don't know, dude. Like, I mean, I know there's I I know like Big Twelve. I think it could be Baylor, Kansas, and West Virginia. I think Texas Tech can put them in the running too, just because they're the defending. Um, they just went to the Final Four, but. I think Baylor's got the best shot. I mean, just seeing how they've been playing these these top ranked teams and they're winning. And here's here, there's a tough test for them though. The seventh they play at Texas Tech, and then the eleventh of January they play at Kansas on um at Kansas, and then they play host to West Virginia the fifteenth of February, host Kansas the twenty second of February, host Texas Tech March second, and then they host West Virginia on March the seventh. So, and also got to put in the fact that Jared Butler's averaging 17.6 points per game, too, shooting 46.7% as well. So, I think Baylor's the best team in the Big 12 right now. Yeah, it's like, it's looking like that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying earlier, I can't, it's like, for me, the team the, the team to watch, even though they're the 22nd ranked team in the nation, in the nation right now, is Texas Tech. We can't discount you know, them going to a Final Four the year before, even Mm -hmm. though they're the 22nd ranked team in the nation. It's like, and Baylor is balling right now. Baylor's really good. It's like they're doing, and the other thing I'm surprised, I'm surprised at with the Big 12 is um, um, Kansas. They're not doing as, even though their their record is, yeah, they're third, but I, I just feel like they should be doing a lot better. What do you think that yeah. uh, that is attributed to? Yeah, um, I mean, it could be. I'm be honest with you, I haven't really seen too much of Kansas play, but I mean, I know like I did the season preview on them a 
like a cut right before the season started. And mm. as a Devin Dotson, like they got shooters. Yeah. Is it chem? It could be chemistry. Like are guys just not clicking on the court as self not find the right combos that needs to be on the court to get the W mm. because, you know, you can put a team. If you can put guys on the team that are all talented and can all match together and know we, they want to win and they're competitors and they just all they care about is the W that's what you want. But yeah. you, you know, Kansas that that team that's so talented, and that's had great history in the past. And he, to me, I can't give Nance the my the best answer. I think it could be it could be anything. It could be chemistry. It could be guys not. It could be guys being unhealthy. It could be anything. I you don't know. I, I not you don't know, but I don't know personally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I feel like Baylor. I feel like pe- the teams in the Big Twelve that are going to make the. Um, NCAA tournament for me are West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, and Texas. I don't see any of the other teams, you know, contending. It's like contending for an NCAA tournament spot unless mm-hmm. they, like, unless like one of the teams outside of those few really does well in the conference tournament. What about like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State? They're both nine and three right now. Well, Actually, I do like Oklahoma State. And so is be- TCU. Pardon your my, pardon the interruption. Peace. TCU is also 9-3 as well. Yes, exactly. I do like Oklahoma State. I watched them play recently and I like the it's like I like the way they play. They have um nice good they have good inside presence. They um move the ball well. I do mm-hmm. like Oklahoma State's game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the Big 12, I think, could be one of those teams that has a lot of um, teams in the tournament come March. My opinion, I really do think that they can have a lot of teams. Um, so, Big East, another big conference. I got Villanova. 10th in the country. Gillespie, right now, 15 points per game. You got Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's averaging 9.2 rebounds per game. And listen to this. They got five players in double figures. In five – no. Yeah, five players. Sadiq Bay was 14.7, who is right below Colin Gillespie. Justin Moore with 12.3, Jeremiah Robinson Earl with 11.3, and then Jermaine Sims with 10.3. Then right below them is Cole Swider with 9. And they're shooting, all of them are shooting above 40% from the field, which is impressive. I mean, Jay Wright's always putting out good teams, too. Yeah, yeah, Jay Wright is an amazing coach. Absolutely. It's like he didn't win the the big big dance for for nothing. I mean, it's like coaches like Jay Wright, and um, Virginia's coach is like they just consistently Tony have, Bennett. yeah, Tony Bennett. They have a pro, they have a propensity to build, recruit what, build good teams, co- recruit well, coach well, and you see the result of that. Mm-hmm. So, so I agree with you. I think Villanova is going to do well um, yeah. in conference and do well in the NCAA tournament. And I just told you about. <clears throat> When they played Baylor on the 24th, they lost 87-78. Gillespie had 27 points. And then in their win against Kansas on the 21st, Samuels had 15, your league score. And then when they lost to Ohio State on the 13th of November, dude, mm-hmm. Samuels had 14. 76-51. That's when they got blown out. So you, I think Villanova's one of the good teams. And you also got Butler. And then you also have Creighton. St. John's doing good. DePaul, 12-2. and two, Like, always been one of the lower teams in the Big East. Marquette, 10-3. and three. Xavier, 11-3. and three. 
I mentioned Georgetown earlier. I don't know, dude. Like, I'm looking at these just rankings. It's 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 imp- it's impressing me. The biggest is definitely impressive so far. Yeah, I think the uh, with the records and the standings you rounded off, I feel like the Big East is going to be wide open because Butler's really good. Um, Georgetown is doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, Villanova, I feel like Villanova, Butler, it's like I think they're going to contend for the um, conference championship. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot of um, they got a lot of talent, and I think in the conference championship when it comes, I think it's going to be Villanova and Butler. And I think that'll be a great matchup. They had because last year it was Villanova and um, Seton Hall. I don't mm-hmm. know Seton Hall. Um, yeah. What's your big take? What's your biggest thing about the Big East? Like, who do you think is a fair to competition? It's like I would. That's the thing about the Big East. It's like I would say, I would have said Seton Hall if um, they were healthy, but mm-hmm. because they're not healthy, I can't, you know, really depend on Seton Hall to come through the way come through the way you would expect. Yeah, absolutely. Be- I hear you. But saying. yeah, it's like, and so. Um, I feel like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Marquette is in the Big East, correct? Yes. Yes. I like Marquette. Marcus Howard is a baller. Oh. It's like, and, and, he is, man. He's a, and for his height, dude, he is amazing. Yeah, Marcus Howard can ball. And I felt like when, back in the Orlando Invitational, I feel like what Maryland did well, they neutralized him. Oh, like yeah. they, they completely neutralized him, which is what they needed to do. It's like they they needed to single him out and prevent everybody, then prevent everybody else, anybody else from going off, which they were is like which sort of which was able to happen, but I think it's like maybe I think one or two players, other players maybe got twenty points or so I think, mm-hmm. but they neutralized the most important player, which allowed them to win the game. However, yeah. back to Marquette as a team though. I feel like Marquette can be a sleeper team um, if they beat the teams in conference that they're supposed to, but maybe have one or two good games against the top tier talent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe have and maybe have at least one or two upsets. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my sleeper, dude. I think it's um. I think Seton Hall can come back. I think Seton Hall is going to make a run. I think they can get make, scare some people. Make his opinions change. Um, the next conference, Big Sky. I got Montana, the Grizzlies. They have Saeed Pridges, who's averaging 19.5. He's a team leader in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. 7.9 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 2.2 steals. Um, the Big East, not the Big East, the Big Sky, I didn't really know who to pick. I just went off of Montana because of their track record in recent years. Um, they're two and zero along with Montana State, Idaho, and Idaho State. Um, there's only a, not a few teams in the Big Sky that are over five hundred right now, but that can obviously change conference play because for this is like one of those conferences that conference play is so important to them. This one goes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I'll, I'll touch him on the Big South. I think it's Radford, um, Carly Jones, talented player. 
Mm. So it's Travis Fields and Cleavon Green. Um, Carleek's averaging 18.3. He's also averaging 4.1 rebounds, 5.5 assists, and 1.6 steals. And they've had some pretty big wins. Radford has beaten Northwestern. They've beaten James Madison. They've beaten Richmond. Um, some of their losses, they, they lost to Liberty. Um, I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. the Atlantic Sun team, I think they only lost by six. And their, their losses, Duquesne was a big loss, but I mean, I think that they're one of the better teams in the Big South besides Campbell. So watch out for them. Big Ten. Let's move. Let's get. Let's move on. Um, Ohio State. It, very impressive so far. They are impressing me a lot. Caleb Wesson, fourteen point two points per game, nine point zero mm. rebounds, um, two assists per game, and point two steals. Look at their schedule. They've beaten Villanova. They've beaten South Carolina. They've um, beaten Kentucky. But they lost to West Virginia recently. Remember that game? They lost 67-59? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Weston was their leading scorer in the West Virginia loss. He was also their leading scorer in the um You know, get this. Every game where Caleb Weston was not the leading scorer, they beat the top they beat top twenty five teams. The leading scoring civil Nova game was Washington Jr., who was um Dwayne Washington Jr. Mm. When they beat North Carolina, Washington Jr. When they beat Kentucky, it was Carton, so it was DJ Carton. So if they want to beat a big team, it doesn't look like they need uh, Weston to be the best score. They need someone else. And it's like you're right about that. And I think that you have to – it's like you have to have the kind of talent on your team where if the best best player or players on the team don't score a lot of points, other people step up. And can carry the load for, and can yeah, carry like the load earlier. for the team. Yeah, yeah. So, Ohio State's been playing lights out. I feel like um, they, along with Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland, Penn State, Minnesota, and Illinois, it's like Illinois um, and Iowa. Yeah, it's like in Iowa as well. I feel like Minnesota and Illinois, along with those others, are going to make the NCAA tournament. I'm still – it's like the jury's out for me still on Iowa. Yeah. It's like I just – because I like their – it's like I like their big man. But um, I just I – have, I haven't seen enough of them to be like, okay, they are definitely – they definitely have the talent and the um, endurance to, you know, go far in the Big Ten Conference – and ultimately make an NCAA tournament. The jury's still out on me with them. But Illinois is strong. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, how about Indiana? They're 11-2. What do you think of them? Do you think, um, think the team lo- just got lucked out with a non-conference schedule, or do you think that they can show promise? I feel like they, <laughs> it's like, I feel like they can show promise. And, you know, I think it'll take – for Indiana, it's going to take – like a lot of teams in the conference that I've named that um, I've named off, it's it's going to take their first five games for me to really sit back and evaluate whether they can go far, you know, later on in the season. Because mm-hmm. if Indiana beats Maryland Saturday, for example, mm-hmm. then 
that'll set that 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 can set them up for their stretch that they're going to be on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they have the talent. It's like they have um, a great, great guard play. They get in the um, <clears throat> paint well as well. So eleven and two is is like their record is no fluke. They have the talent to definitely um, contend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Illinois nine and four. You said um, who else? Who else is kind of surprising me? Wisconsin. Still, I like them, but you know, my mom's from Wisconsin, state of Wisconsin. But I, I just, I don't know. I think the loss of Ethan Happ was huge. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't feel like Wisconsin is going to have their year. Th- their year. I think this is going to be a wash, much like North Carolina. It's yeah, like you're a learning year, a learning curve. Yeah, it's 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 going to be. A, they're going to have to take a step back, and then maybe next year or maybe the year after they can get back to prominence. But I don't think um, 2020 is going to be their year. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, I hear you. I agree. Next up, the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos in the Big West. They're my pick. Uh, I'm just going to say his last name is McLaughlin because his first name I don't want to mispronounce. They're averaging mm-hmm. 14.6 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, 4 assists, 0.9 steals, shooting 4.9%. Um, Santa Barbara really hasn't played a tough non-conference schedule, but I just there's I'd like to have I I want to I wanted to pick a conference winner, start a conference play like the start a conference play for a lot of schools like I you know how like some conferences start a conference play like really early, mm, like yeah. they have like a game and like they'll put a game. I just wanted to just pick my conference players right now. Next up, the Delaware Blue Hens and the Colonial. Um, Nate Darling is averaging 21.1 points per game, 3.9 rebounds. Next up, Justin Mutz. Remember that name. Mid-major player. Um, Nate Darling is actually averaging 38.2 minutes per game. So he's basically in there all the time. But Mutz is averaging 13.7 points per game, 9.5 rebounds, uh, 53% from the field. So in Delaware, they've um, lost to George Washington. They've lost to Villanova by they lost to Villanova by eight. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the loss that hurt them the most was the Long Island University loss. They lost them in overtime, 82-75, at Long Island University in the Northeast Conference. So, I think that loss is going to hurt their BPI in the long run. Uh, next up, we have the Conference USA. My pick is the UAB Blazers. Jalen Benjamin averaging 12.5 points per game, 2.9 rebounds. And they also have four guys averaging double figures. Um, Zach Ryan with 11, Tyreek Scott Grayson, 10.9, and then Tavin Lovin. 10.8. Um, some of their conference games, they've lost to Utah Valley um, at home. They lost to Kentucky by 11 points. They mm. lost to Texas by 10. And they lost to Memphis by 8 at home, too. They played at Texas, but they hosted Memphis. And that was before – I don't know why – was Wiseman still playing on the 7th or was he suspended yet? Wait, say that one more time? James Wiseman, we got suspended on what date? Do you remember that? Because they, when UAB played Memphis, they played on December seventh. Um, he got suspended. I want to be, I want to say it was early November. It was either early or mid November, okay, and then so. it's like, and then he like declared that he wasn't gonna finish out the rest of the season um, with Memphis and just focus on the draft. Which, yeah. to if if I could just interject with that. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. 
Wiseman deciding to declare for the draft was the right move for him, not because of the NBA and him not being able to play for Memphis, but I feel like the overall just, you know, hypocrisy really of the NCAA. Yeah. It's like, I feel like the NCAA has had a lot of issues in the past with, you know, with how they like treat players and things of that nature. So it's like, if you're James Wiseman, why would you want to come back? It's like, yeah, it's like, why would you want to deal, deal with that comeback? Yes. You would come back in January for conference play, but at the same time with all that you've had to um, deal with in order to just play for Memphis and it's kind of like, yeah, it's not fair. Now, I do, it's like, I do agree with the NCAA in this regard. It's like treating, it's like treating um, Penny Hardaway as a booster. And that's how that whole thing started. That's how that whole thing started. Now, if you give money to the university and then that kind of, if Penny Hardaway didn't give money to the university and maybe he still helped out Wiseman, I wouldn't have such a problem with Wiseman deciding to move on or Uh I wouldn't have a problem with his, like, with Wiseman's suspension being brought down. But eh, it's like you gave money to the school. You kind of are a booster. Kind of. Yeah. It's kind of rough there. It's a touchy subject. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but for Wiseman, he's doing what's best for him. It's like he's going to be one of the top picks in the NBA draft. So, hey, you know, why deal with it? Like yeah, you said. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, don't, you don't want to deal with the crap? Get away from it. Exactly. You know, he, he was already going to be a top lottery pick in the regardless. Uh, next, we got the Horizon League, buddy. We got, I got the White, the Wright State Raiders. Bill Wampler, 14.5 points per game. 4.4 rebounds. Along London Love, 14.1 points per game, 9.3 rebounds. Cole Gentry, 11 point, points, 2.9 rebounds. And then Tanner Holden, 10.9 points, 6.8 rebounds. Mm. They've um, had losses to Indiana State, LaSalle, and Kent State. And all their losses were single digits. The, I'm looking at their cut, not their schedule right now. It hasn't been a It wasn't like a tough non conference, but I mean, Still, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like I mean, don't get me wrong. A win D one is a win in D one. Don't get me wrong when I say that, but like, it's not like the not of like a team that's like trying to prove their point. Yeah. So they're so in in other words, you're saying their non conference schedule really isn't that strong. It, it it's not. It's not, have... it's not as strong as some of the other schools. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I'll tell you who they they they've played. Ohio, Miami of Ohio, Tennessee Tech, Kent State, Weber State, LaSalle, Miami of Ohio again, Western Kentucky, Indiana State, Southern, Mississippi Valley State, who, remember, had that one, that huge loss and still one of the worst teams in Division One. Toledo, Green Bay, and Milwaukee who were in their conference. So that's my point on it. Okay. Um, next, we got the Ivy League and my team. The Harvard Crimson coached by the Tommy Amaker, who I love. He is one of my favorite coaches. Um, you got the Harvard Crimson with Bryce Aiken, 
He's only played in seven games, but he's averaging 16.7 points per game in those games. Then you got Chris Lewis, who's averaging 11.6 points per game. Then you got Noah Kirkwood, who's averaging 11 points per game. And Harvard has played so far Northeastern, Deanna, Maryland. They only lost to seven, 80 to 73 to Maryland. At Maryland. Uh, the one loss is sketchy. Not sketchy. A little t- tough, but they lost. To, they beat Howard by. They played at Howard, and they won by five. Wow. 60 to 55. They beat California 71-63, too. So, I, I think that they're one of the good, the better teams in the conference. Um, but I think the Ivy League's always t- tough with uh, – who else is in the Ivy League? Oh, Yale. I think Yale's a tough opponent, too. So, they're always touchy. So, you never know. Yeah, I, th- I think Harvard, when they played Maryland, they played Maryland, they, play, they played – excuse me – Pretty well, so I feel like in the Ivy League, Harvard and Yale are going to be tough outs for any of the other teams in the conference. So I feel like Harvard and Yale could be as like could be locks to um, get in the NCAA tournament, regardless of you know their standing in the conference tournament. I think both of them will still make it in the NCAA tournament, maybe. It's like I would be hard pressed to believe they make it to the Sweet Sixteen and beyond, but they may they may get one or two wins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, I have the Ryder Bronx taking the title at the end with Tyree Marshall averaging fourteen point four points per game, ten point three rebounds. Frederick Scott four point fourteen point two points. Um, Stevie Jordan, 13.5. Menchio Vaughn with 12.3 points. Look at Ryder's schedule. Again, they lost to Wisconsin 65-36. Eye-opening. And they only beat Coppin State by seven. Beat Vermont by five. Um, so, again, not one of the toughest non-conference schedules, but still. You got to give them credit where credit's due. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, next, I'm just going to go through some of these conferences pretty quick. The American Conference. I got the Akron Zips with Lauren Christian Jackson, 15.6 points per game. Tyler Cheese. Oh, I love Tyler Cheese. They were, when I went to West Virginia, he was a good player. His name's Tyler Cheese. They, everyone kept mm-hmm. saying cheese whenever he came into the game. 14.1 <laughs> points per game. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, guy, I don't want to pronounce his first name because I'm going to get it wrong. His last name is Williams. He's played. 13.7 points per game. Averaging 13.7 points per game, excuse me. Then Channel, he's averaging 13 points per game. Akron was playing West Virginia, who was not ranked at the time. They lost by 10. They lost to Louisville only by 6, 82-76. And they lost to Liberty, 80-67. Beat Tulane, 62-61. Um, beat Merrimack, 64-47. Now, Merrimack, dude, has been showing a lot of promise in their first season in Division One. You didn't hear about them much? I have not, actually. Tell me I'll a little you, bit more. Tell me a little bit Merrimack more. Merrimack is in my the, the Mount Conference, the Northeast. Merrimack, dude, it's been showing a lot of teams promise. They've been, they're, they got, I think that they're front runners to win the Northeast Conference. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, conference play is going to be different, but I mean, they've been playing a lot of good teams, and they're showing promise, a lot of promise. 
that I don't have my, the papers in front of me to sh- talk about, but I'm, I look, if you, you know, I'll look it up afterwards. But if you look up Merrimack afterwards, after this pod, we record this, mm. I'm, you'll be, I, I'm telling you, you probably impressed. Okay. And so yeah. from what you've seen, do you feel like Merrimack can make a bid for the NCAA I, tournament this year? If they win the conference title, they don't, personally, the Northeast is not that strong. So if they got to win the title, if they okay. don't win, yeah. The Northeast is one of those teams where like will be a playing game, like a first four game in Dayton. Okay. That's how it's been every, all my four years there because I just graduated in 2019. Every game, because whoever won the Northeast Conference champion, conference championship tournament was always a playing game. And we, I believe, were the only team, the Mount the only team to actually make out of the playing game. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So yep. they're they're a nice up and comer then. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hope, you know, I want the Mount to win, but obviously I don't want to be biased because, you know, I don't want to show bias, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, next up we have the Mid American Athletic Conference, and I choose the Morgan State Bears. I they have Stanley Davis averaging fourteen point two points per game. Joy Baxter Jr. eleven point one points per game. Sherwin Devon Prince Jr. ten point nine points per game. They're ten. They're six and nine right now. But if you look at who they've beaten, they beat there. They uh, had a they won a, a bye game at George Washington sixty eight sixty four. They only lost to Temple seventy five fifty seven. Like you said, they lost to Evansville one fifteen to one twelve in three overtimes. They lost to LaSalle. No, they lost to Ohio State nine to fifty seven. That's still a blowout win, but still. Uh, they lost to LaSalle eighty five sixty eight. But that was one of those conferences I was having trouble with finding a winner. I didn't know who to pick. So excuse me, geez, some conferences I just don't know who to pick, man. I just don't. It's hard. Yeah. I'm uh, sure it's like I'm sure it would be difficult outside of the uh outside of the uh power five, five with some of these <clears throat> with some of these to pick because they're not as because I, they're not as well known or you yeah. don't see their games as much. Yeah, they're not televised regularly. Yeah. Um next the Missouri Valley Conference. I have the Northern Iowa Panthers winning. They are eleven and two. And they have A.J. Green, who's averaging 17.1 points per game, and Trey Burhau, who's averaging 14.8. And I was looking at their schedule. They beat Colorado, who was ranked 24th at the time, at Colorado on December 10th, 79-76. And they beat South Carolina, 78-62. 78-72, they lost. Excuse me, my apologies. And on the 26th, they played West Virginia at home, and they lost 60-55. to Um... Now, talking about the Missouri Valley, we obviously know Evansville head coach is Spencer. Oh, that's um, right. I forgot about. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was suspended, beat, wasn't he? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they beat Kentucky, and you know, that's why I don't want to pick Evansville because I don't know how long he's been suspended for. Yeah, you never know. Um, so I didn't know who to pick for that team for that conference. So I just went with Northern Iowa based on record. <laughs> but I don't. Evansville's. I have no idea. Personally, I have no idea. I I hate being a podcast and then saying no idea. But it's like I said, it's one of those conferences you just don't see much. Yeah, exactly. And um, like you said, I feel like 
you know, either Northern Iowa or Evansville, I'm going to have to look into them more myself just to get a sense of how well they can play. But um, Northern Iowa, <clears throat> from what you've um, said, has had some key wins and some, you know, bad losses, but they're really doing well, apparently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The next conference, the Mountain West. I have the San Diego Aztecs. They're currently 14-0, buddy. And they have Malachi Flynn, 15.5 points per game. Matt Mitchell, 11.1 points per game. Yanni Wetzel, 10.7 points per game. And Jordan Shockel, 10.1 points per game. And they're, they've beaten every team they play. Um, some of those teams were Grand Canyon. You got Creighton and Iowa. They beat Creighton 83 to 52. They beat Iowa 83-73. They beat Utah 80 to 52. Fresno State 61-52. They haven't played a ranked team, but 14-0 is impressive, dude. Yeah, 14-0 is impressive. And um, you look at it's like you look at that team and San Diego State, I believe, is Aren't they, aren't they ranked? They yeah, they're was, ranked 13th in the country as of today. Yes, they're ranked 13th in the country. So it's like San Diego State could give people, it's like could give the more notable teams fits um, yeah. come NCAA tournament time. We Absolutely. just got to see. Yeah. Um, Northeast Conference, I have the Bryant Bulldogs being my winner. I did, this, is, this is this conference of the mountain, but I just don't think that we're that strong right now. Is there a motorcycle at your house? Oh, yeah. I just hear that I, outside. I can, hear, I can hear it through the, through the headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's like, yeah. It's something going on outside. Uh, uh, so, Adam Grant is averaging 19 points per game. Then you have Charles Pry is averaging 10.3. And Bryant has a played at Rutgers, lost 73-71. Mm-hmm. Played at home against Brown, lost 73-71. Beat Cornell, 82-81. Beat St. Peter's, 69-44. Um, they lost to Maryland, 84-70. And now they got conference play starting up tonight against... Oh, they already played. I wonder if they won. They played um, St. Francis PA today. Um, but one of those teams that I'll see regularly, because I'll probably see them play twice at the Mount and then at home when they play the Mount, at uh in their conference, so we'll see. Yeah, it's like I like Brian as well. I mean, they put up seven, they put up seventy four points on Mar- I mean, seventy points on Maryland, and you know they played himself in the first half. But it was just a, it's like it was just a function in that game for Bryant of Maryland being that team notoriously in the in the second half where they ter- they put their foot on the gas in the second half. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like that's just kind of what happened to Brian. And Brian, the Brian Bullock had no control over what was going over what was happening. They couldn't, you know, um, stop their offensive output. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> next, I have the Ohio Valley Conference. Um, Adam Kunkel, K U N K L, is that how you pronounce it? Oh, yes. 18.1 points per game, Nick Ruzinski, 15.2 points per game, and Tyler Scanlon, 11 points per game. Um, Belmont currently has 
Washington, some big name teams in Boston College, Middle Tennessee, and that's about it. The other teams in the belt and the Ohio Valley that were impressive were Tennessee State and Eastern Illinois, Murray State. Murray State's always been a decent team in recent years. One conference I want to talk about is the Pac-12. I have Oregon. Peyton Pritchard with 18.5 points per game. Chris Dirty 12.3. Anthony Mathis, 10.8. And Will Richardson, 10.3 points per game. Oregon, so far, has played Memphis and won 82-74. They've played Seton Hall, who was 13th at the time, and won 71-69. They lost to Gonzaga at the time, who was 8th, 73-72 overtime. They lost to North Carolina, who was ranked at the time, 6th, 74 They beat Michigan, who was ranked to, on December 14th, was ranked 5th. And 71-70 in overtime, they won. Oregon's got a good team this year. I think they're. I think they can make a deep run in this uh, tournament. Yeah, it's like I think Oregon. I think coming out of the Pac-12, I like. I haven't seen a lot of Colorado, but mm-hmm. I have seen some of Oregon. I have seen some games Oregon's played. I like Oregon, um, based off what I've um, read. Um, yeah. About Arizona. Arizona's really good. So I think based off this conference, based off this conference, I feel like Oregon's come Oregon can come out. Arizona could come out. Um I'm still I'm gonna be interested to see if Washington and USC come out as well. I'm not sure about Stanford. Yeah. But I think Oregon definitely is going to come out. So, but I feel like the Pac-12 is probably going to have five or six teams make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, who's in the Pac-12 right now? We got Oregon. We've got Colorado, Arizona, um, Oregon State, USC, Stanford. Um, the only two teams that are ranked right now in the Pac-12 are Oregon and Arizona, who's ranked 25th in the country currently. There's, and you have Washington, but I don't think Washington, Washington's ten and three. But I, I don't know. With them, I feel like they could be hit or miss in come conference play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next up, we got the Patriot League. I have the Lafayette Leopards taking the title come March. They have Justin Jaworski, who's averaging nineteen point two points per game. Miles Cherry nine. EJ Stevens ten point eight. And so far, they have played. Princeton at 172-65. They beat St. Joseph's, but St. Joseph's has been playing too tough so far. And they lost to Rutgers 63-44. So, Patriot Leagues, I don't think it's as tough this year besides Lehigh. Them and Lehigh, I think, are the two toughest teams right now in the Patriot League. Actually, excuse me. I'm wrong. Lehigh's three. Yeah. Colgate, look up. Excuse me. It's like Colgate, the Colgate Raiders and the Lafayette Leopards. If... Based on, because like this, looking at looking at it, it's like this conference really isn't that strong, like you said. So if anybody comes out, I think it would be either Lafayette or Colgate. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Next up is the SEC, the Southeastern Conference. I have Arkansas. They're eleven one, and Mason Jones, who's got nineteen point seven points per game. Isaiah Joe, seventeen point four points per game. Junior Junior, thirteen point five points per game. Who have they beat? They have not played a ranked team. Their only loss was to at Western Kentucky, and they lost 86-79. Mm. 
Listen, these are their opponents they played. Rice, North Texas, Fontana, Texas Southern, South Dakota, Georgia Tech, which is a one-point win in overtime, 62-61. Mm-hmm. Northern Kentucky, Austin P, Western Kentucky, Tulsa, Valparaiso, and Indiana, which was a seven-point win, 71-64. Yeah, I like the teams out of the SEC that I like to make the NCAA tournament. Excuse me, are Auburn, Arca- Auburn, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Georgia? Mm-hmm. I feel like Auburn. It's like I feel like Auburn. It's like they're just really strong. They're twelve and zero, even though they haven't played any ranked opponents. I feel like they'll get that opportunity when um, conference play gets rolling. But Arkansas surprised me. I did. I honestly didn't know they were really talented until I. Um, Looked at the game film on Indi- of their game against Indiana. They're a really good team. They can shoot the ball from three really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then LSU hasn't been strong. They've um, they lost that home game to East Tennessee State. I believe that's what they played. Did you hear about that recently? They they had a, they lost a bye game. Oh no, I didn't. I think it was East Tennessee State that's who they played. They lost a bye game at home. Yep. But but as in um on the SEC this year as well, mmm um, I wanna it's like I wanna get your thoughts on Kentucky. I, yeah, I, go ahead. I don't feel like I'm hard pressed to believe with the emergence of Auburn, Arkansas, and um other teams that they can win the SEC this year. What do you I think? think? I don't think Kentucky's gonna win the SEC come March. I think it's gonna be Arkansas or Georgia. Oh, really? I say that, yeah. <clears throat> I think that those teams will be in the – I think there will be teams in the NCAA tournament, but I think it's going to be Arkansas and Georgia in the championship game, personally. Oh, wow. It's like yeah. you, it's like I, it's like I, I would have thought you would have said you would have had Auburn, but why not Auburn? Um, you said they haven't played a ranked opponent. So, That's I mean, true. yeah, don't get me, don't get me wrong to when you said 12-0, I, I agree with you 100%. It's, still, it's so impressive. Don't get me wrong. If you can go undefeated yeah. – 12 and 0, that's very impressive. But they got to play a ranked opponent. They got to play Kentucky. They got to play Arkansas. They got to play Georgia and see how they fare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's, that's right. when it's yeah. going to show. Can they put, you know, can they play? That's when it's going to show. Yeah, Perfect. absolutely. Yeah, no, um, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Next up, next up, we got like the, I think we're all done with the Power Five. So I'm just going to talk about the other conferences. We got the Southern Conference right now, and I have the Furman Paladins taking the title. Jordan Lyons, 17.6 points per game. Noah Gurley, 14.3. Clay Mouse, Mounts, 14 points. And Furman has played Loyola Chicago, who made the NCAA tournament Final Four in 2018. Um, they won, beat them 87-63. They lost to Alabama 81-73. And listen, Furman only lost to Auburn by three, 81-70 in overtime on December 5th. And hasn't Furman been really like decent? Yeah, been really decent the past few years. I've heard yeah. a lot of good things about Furman. Yeah, Furman's been one of the top teams in the Southern Conference, um, besides UNC Greensboro and um, Mercer. Okay, Mercer had a tough year this year. Um, I'm trying to think. Was Kansas State the minute tournament last year from Southern? I have no, I, I, I can't check, but I know. Um, that UNC Greensboro is one of the top teams in the Southern, too. Mm. Next up, the Southland. Anthony, 
Who do you think? Who do you think I'm going to pick? Take a guess. The you said the South, oh, South, Southland. Southland. Okay. Okay. Uh, think they they they're one. Of the, they're a very good team. Um, I'm going to go with Stephen F. Austin. You are indeed correct. The Lumberjacks are 11 and two, with Kayvon Harris averaging 17.2 points per game. Cameron Johnson 13.1, Gavin Kensmill 12.7. The Lumberjacks have lost to Rutgers 69-57, and we all know they had that big win against at Duke in overtime, 85-83. They did lose to Alabama 78-68, three games after beating Duke, mm-hmm. and they beat McNeese 81-73. So, personally. I don't get me wrong, beating Duke at home, the first not conference road win against Krzyzewski in years, that's impressive. Yeah, but, I, I I agree with you. I think that it's like with a lot of these, it's like, well, with some of them, I would say, you know, because I think the Stephen F. Austin over Duke upset. And then let me check. Hold on. Take your time, buddy. No worries. No problem. And the Evansville over Kentucky. Those yep. were kind of the those were kind of the wins that the sixteen over one seeds sort of, but they are huge resume builders. Mm-hmm. You know, and they give an advantage to teams like Stephen F. Austin, you know, come tournament time. Now in their conference, the I think I feel like the Duke win is gonna help them, but at yeah. the same time, the conference is what matters. Can you can you win your conference tournament or at least if you don't win it, get to the championship game and have a good game and don't lose terribly. That's, that's the whole thing that that's the thing that I believe is going to be a determining factor for Stephen F. Austin. If they win. Yep. Absolutely. Next, I have the Southwestern athletic conference and I have the Grambling Tigers taking the title Devontae Jackson, 14.1 points per game. Ivy Smith Jr., 11.4. Carlton Edwards, 10.2. And Grambling really hasn't had a – they, they lost to Dayton. The best, that was their best, highest game. They lost 81-53. They lost to Marquette, 93-72. Again, not a strong non-conference schedule, but the SWAT isn't one of the strongest conferences in D1. Yeah, no. It's just looking at – just looking at the the records of, the, of this conference, it's kind of – yeah. Sad. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you can't. I mean, if their best the, team is a four sixty two winning percentage, like come on. Yeah, it's like if the SWAC had maybe two teams that like probably had a winning record, then it's kind of like okay, maybe the teams that are below can maybe build on, you know. But like this conference is just bad. It's kind of yeah. like the NFC East in football. God, are you a Redskins fan? Yeah, I am. God bless your soul. <laughs> the, the, the NFC East is terrible. But let's get yeah. back to college basketball. <laughs> yeah, let's get back. Next, I have the Summit League, and I have the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons winning. They're 8-8 eight eight right now. Jared Godfrey has 16.3 points per game averaging, and Brian Patrick with 13.4 points per game. And the Mastodons, I saw them play IUPUI. They unfortunately lost 74-65. Um their big games, they lost to Ohio State, though, 85-46. Mm. Yeah. Um, lost to 
Iowa State, 89-59. They beat South Dakota, 70-59. Again, Godfrey's a very talented player. He seems like to be their leader. Um, we'll see how they do in conference play. I think it's going to be them in North Dakota. or North. No, I'm excuse, excuse me. Them, North Dakota State, fighting for the title come March. Yeah. Two teams in the Summit League. Yeah. I think this is a conference where it's like either – the records are it's like the records are there great. So either it's like the top three teams make it or, you know, somebody comes on late in conference play and, you know, we have a surprise in the summit league. Yeah. Yeah. Next we got the Sun Belt Conference. I have Arkansas State, the Arkansas State Red Wolves taking the title and they have their they have their tied with their scoring leaders between Canberra Cuss and Caleb Fields. And so far, they have played. Ole Miss lost 71-43. Stephen F. Austin lost 76-57. Lost to Tulsa 6... No, they beat Tulsa 66-63. Again, somebody... I don't really know who to pick. Just... These non... I'm telling you, man, the lower conferences, it's so hard. Yeah. You just don't pay attention to them much. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I agree with you. I think Arkansas State um, could make a run if they have a good um, conference turn um, conference play um, throughout the regular season and conference tournament. Um, do like one of these teams in the conference make a um, national um, national tournament bid? Eh, I don't know. Maybe if it's going to be a playing game and we see them on a national I think stage. I think it will be one, a playing game, like low seed. Yeah, yeah. I think First that'll be the case as well. Because when the Duke had Jason Tatum, they Troy was the commissioner and they were 15th at the time. Yeah. And yeah, that's the year South Carolina beat them into the Final Four, 2017. Um, next up, the West Coast. Um, Gonzaga, not that hard to choose against. Um, Philippe how do you say his name? Do you know the guy's name? Philippe? How do you pronounce his last name? Petrusev? Uh, Does I pronounce it? I'm going I'm to go with Petrusev. Yeah. I'm going to go with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I'm going to be confident with it. 17.1 points per game. Corey Kispert, 14.3 points per game. Killian Tilly, 11.4. Ryan Woolrich, 10.9. Admin Gilbert, 10.8. And Joel I 10.5. Gonzaga's only loss came to Michigan, 82-64. They beat Oregon, 73-72 in, in overtime. And they beat Washington eighty three seventy six, and they beat Arizona eighty four to eighty. Yeah, I th- I do think Gonzaga is gonna like run is like run away with run. with the West Coast Conference, but I'd be interested to see if Saint any Mary's. if any of the lower any of the lower teams in the conference right now, given that conference play is getting going, who emerges? Because I'm looking at. Let's see. There's a lot of good teams right now who have a good non-conference record. You got San Francisco, you got BYU, you got Pacific, Santa Clara, and St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Yeah, it's like I've heard I've heard good things about San Francisco, but I'd be interested to see what San Francisco does, whether BYU emerges as a good team in the West Coast Conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I would like to see the Dons because I love Bill Russell and he went to San Francisco. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, if you want to read a good book, 
the rivalry between him and Will Chamberlain, that's a very good read. Okay. Phenomenal I'll, read. All right. I will definitely check that out. You said it's yeah. called The Rivalry? I believe it's The Rivalry. It's between, it just look up book about Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell matchup. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out for sure. Yep. Thanks, for, thanks for the recommendation. No problem. And then the last conference, the Western Athletic Conference, I have the University of Missouri, Kansas City Kangaroos. They have Javin White, 11.5 points per game. Brandon McKissick, 10.6. And the Kangaroos have beaten George Washington, East Carolina. Lost to Kansas, 98-57. to Beat Toledo. And the one their close losses, uh, I would say, is Liberty and Iowa State. Um, That's my conference picks. <laughs> I'm gonna. It's like I'm gonna go with who's who's at the top right now. It's like I. I'll say California Baptist. Yeah. Um, it'll be. It'll either be between California Baptist or New Mexico State for the um, Western Athletic Conference um, title, and. Um, Whoever wins that game possibly gets a playing game in the NCAA tournament. But I don't think anybody from the WAC is going to emerge as a Cinderella no. story. No, not at all. No, I, I believe you. I believe with that. Um, so everything we talked so far, anything you want to touch base on that you didn't touch base on yet, buddy? Well, um, just going back to the Big Ten for a moment. Yeah. Um, I'd like – it's like I'll be – I want to – just touch base on the Michigan State, Michigan, and um, they have a battle coming up soon. Mm-hmm. I I really think would it it's like would it be str- would it be strange if I felt like I don't know it's like Michigan upended Michigan State somewhere down the line, and it was. It's like it was kind of this, you know, oh, we have an established coach, Michigan State, Tom Izzo, being upended by a newcomer but well-respected person in Michigan and Juwan Howard. I got you. Um, I mean, I think Juwan Howard's one of the next up-and-comings. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think – I agree with you. I think Michigan right now is – going to win the recruiting battle over Michigan State in the long run because I think guys just like playing with Juwan Howard yeah that is true and he it's like and he does have NBA coaching experience so wouldn't want that exactly so he does have that under his belt and um so but I feel like you know going into conference play for Michigan it's like Michigan State's going to be a big battle I feel like that'll determine I feel like that game is going to determine a lot in terms of how people view Michigan right now. Mm-hmm. Even though Michigan's playing really nice, they've you know played really well. They upset North Carolina, I believe. Um, so that was good. Even with and Cole Anthony was playing, so yeah. he wasn't you know injured or anything. So Michigan is clearly going to be doing some good things. Now, as far as the rest of the Big Ten. Um, I'm hard pressed to believe. It's like I don't know if this is my Maryland pride. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> my Maryland pride showing, but I, it's like I want, I want, like you said earlier, it's like this would be the chance for 
Turgeon, Anthony Cowan, and those boys to make a statement. But yeah. are they gonna have the wins to make the statement? Is the yeah. is the big thing? Absolutely. I just don't know. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a good conference battle. It's gonna be a good two months. Yeah, for sure. It's like Ohio State is strong. I feel like um, they they Penn State they've gotten. I wouldn't say they got exposed against West Virginia. It was an upset because it was a it was an upset. I would call it, but it's like West Virginia is good. Uh-huh. But but I would say that I don't know. I guess Ohio State is going to have to. I guess play. I really feel like I'm going to have to see them possibly win some big games in the NCAA tournament in order for me to truly judge them. Because I feel like I was asked this question by um, Tristan in his um, mailbag um, thing, his mailbag article, I believe. Does Ohio State have a weakness? And it was like, it was tough for me. Yeah, I remember that question. It was like, it was tough for me to pinpoint that because I'm like, um, it's like what they do well is they move the ball well. They have great three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. But I don't really see a weakness yet. No. What about you? Um, I haven't seen much of Ohio State, but so far I don't think that there is a weakness in them. I think that they just had a game against West Virginia that just went West Virginia's way. Yeah. Um, I think that they got Caleb Weston, and he can do phenomenal things. I think. I think their weakness is if he gets hurt, or if he, or. If he if he's out of the game and they can capitalize with him out of the game, yeah, that is true. I think I think the one Achilles Hill for them is going to be if one of their biggest players gets injured, and they unfortunately come up against a team where the next man up isn't enough. I think that'll be yeah. their only weakness because with yeah. everybody healthy, they're a machine. It's like yeah. they can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, finish final notes. Uh, oh, go know. ahead. I want to say, um, to everyone listening out there, um, this man, Anthony, has he's not just a great writer, he's also a good person. I've been I had a pleasure of getting to work with him over the past couple months. When I, I told the guys in December that I, I took a break from writing, as I mentioned, like right when I'm introductions, because I had to focus on myself. And Anthony was one of the first ones to write back and he wrote me like a nice little note about very in- good insight into how to get better and how to deal with it. And dude, I can't thank you enough. Like that really means a lot. That that's I'm speaking from the heart, man. Like you're awesome, buddy. I'm really glad that I'm you're co-hosting this podcast with me. I really listen I love listening to your takes because they're good takes. Some of them are better than mine. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but it's also you gotta hear other people's perspectives too. Yeah, yeah, no. No, trust me, when we were talking, it's like when you were talking about some of the conferences, I was like, ah, <laughs> it's like, I kind of, so it's like, it kind of goes both ways, you know, it's like, you have to, it's like, that's, that's the thing about, you know, it's like sports and, you know, talking about sports, it's like, you gotta talk to people who know more about, you know, the sport, know more about a specific, you know, conference area of expertise than you do in order to get better. And, yeah. you know, it's like, obviously, it's like you knew more about other conferences than I did. It's like, but 
I feel like this podcast went well. And, you know, hey, man, like, listen, you know, helping you was nothing, man. It's like, I'm glad we're at a point in society today where, you know, it's like mental health is being taken seriously. Because it's like, because people go so far as to just, you know, dismiss mental health and act like the brain isn't a muscle. Yeah. (laughs) When it is, it clearly is. It's a muscle. Yeah. Things happen with it, you know, and, you know, you just got to find ways, you know, to it's like find ways and resources to get get it right again, get it stronger again. And, you know, and I was glad that I was able to, you know, help you. It's like any way I can, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. It really means a lot. Anything you want to say? Um, no, it's like I'm thankful that you had me on this podcast. It was a great, you know, time talking about. the known college basketball teams and the unknown and the you know teams that we should be looking out for it's like i'm thankful that that i got the opportunity to do this and um yeah yeah thanks for having me on i appreciate it no problem buddy all right everyone that is it thank you so much for tuning in and as always have a good day thanks anthony thank you sir have a good one have a great day everybody thank you